this may be the year of the novel coronavirus, but it's also the year of protesting in, a, in the United States, uh, which started in the United States uh, under the, the, the banner of Black Lives Matter movement. And it's protesting against police brutality and the attack, the attack on black bodies. Now, just let me intersperse this. You know, there are people who say, uh, who have said that uh, all, all, all bodies matter and sure they're right. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the attacks on black bodies. So let's be clear. So this has been taken up all over the, all over the world. Here in South Africa, the horrific death of Jeff Ahatso, Pule has caused protests against gender-based violence, and in the time of protest, when it feels like we're and and just let me stop myself there. There have been very many, you know, in the post, people have been killed in post offices. People have been, and it's it's just it's unbelievable, and especially the, our violence against women, uh, gender-based violence. But let me continue. Uh, so. This protest is uh, against gender-based violence, and in, in time of protest, when it feels like we're fighting so hard but see so little change, it's good to reflect on the moments that resulted in change, like the Soweto uprisings of 1976. And as I mentioned earlier, that you know I'm so-called a 76er. It's when my education, you know, was disrupted and and all sorts of things. But you know, not just me personally, all of us. So the reason we celebrate Youth Day is not only to do this to give us time to reflect, as well as to give us hope. It reminds us of where we come from, how we struggle to build our country, and and how we struggled to break down oppressive systems. That is the important part I would I would insert here. You know, that was oppression. Not being able to take your dog, your poodle to a parlor is not oppression. Not being able to have a haircut is not oppression. That was oppression. So on so one of the way in which we we can commemorate and contemplate the Soweto uprising of 76 is through film. Uh, Uprise, a documentary by award-winning filmmaker Sifiso Kanyele, released in 2017. And the the documentary looks at the student rebellions of uh, 1976 and the relationship to black black consciousness. It tells the story of the changing world that the students were living in, as well as what came after the spread of resistance and the mobilization of the youth to uh, defeat the apartheid regime. So I want to welcome online uh, with us now Sifiso Kanyele. Uh, good evening, Sifiso. How are you? Hey, I'm good. It's me. How are you? I'm very well indeed. I'm very well indeed. This, uh, you know, this uh, 76er, I'm, uh, you know, my, you know, long when I was in my teens and uh, I, I was in the BCM and, you know, this was the formative years of my life. So, you know, tell, tell us what inspired you to make this documentary. Um, so, yeah, I was, um, for a long time, I was trying to make um, a documentary about, um, you know, arts activism in South Africa. Mm-hmm. So using arts as, as, a, as, a, as a method of protest. Um, and initially I was looking at um, a lot of artists in exile because a lot of the artists who uh. could speak um, or who could say anything um, overtly political uh, in a time of heavy repression were, were in exile. You know, people like Nuria Makeba, um, Lesambuli and Tumile Feni, for example. Um, but then I sort of started coming across a lot of artists who were saying something 
inside the country. And this became very uh, interesting to me. And I, you know, later found out that a lot of them were sort of like uh, BC affiliated. And um, yeah, research kind of led me deeper into the work that they were doing. Um, but it was not until the NFVF, which is the National Film and Video Foundation, had put out a call to make a film that would commemorate um, the youth uprising of 1976. I responded to the call and um, the results were positive. And I guess I sort of, um, you know, shifted my focus um, not so much on from, you know, from the, the work that the artists were doing and directly speaking about um, protests. Uh, the protests of 1976. It's it is it's a major project in in terms of its significance and in terms of the practicalities of it. Um, how long did it take you to make, uh, and and what were some of the challenges you you faced when when making it? Um, you know, I'd kind of been dealing with the subject matter on and off for a while. Um, so I mean, you know, the research that goes into making a film like this will, you know, can take can take years. Um, I would say maybe about two or three years of of, of just research. You it know, can delusion um, you. It can, you can be very easily dis, uh, disillusioned. For sure, um, there's a say, there's a saying um, uh, that documentary filmmakers use that documentary is a moving target. So one one moment you think you know the story and you're certain in your ways about which direction you want to go, and then you know you're dealing with history here, you're dealing with uh, people's lives right. um, and people's stories, and so you know things can change very easily. You know um, things that you know for sure can you know just in, in front of you just evaporate and all of a sudden you you don't really have a story and then you have to you you know go in a different direction so so yeah it did take quite some time but i think in, in, in terms of execution once we got all the pieces the story pieces together it took us a couple of months um, right, to get right. together i think it was mj um, michael jordan who said you know um, um you can you, you can you can you can you can it's it is more problematic not to try than it is to fail you know, and you and what and you've clearly oh, yeah. emerged, you know, and 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 stayed with it. Uh, so you set out to achieve a more nuanced retelling of the Soweto uprising. Why was this so important to you, and 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 how does it differ from the others? Um, look, not that, also, not that there are many out there, but you know, I mean, I've seen, yeah, I've seen, I've seen a couple. Um, in our research, we watched some films. I think we watched a lot of films that just dealt with, with apartheid as a subject matter, so not specifically 1976. But um, what we found was, and I mean, you, I guess with the benefit of hindsight, you can understand why, um, you know, portraying, um, you know, black people under apartheid as victims was um, necessary um, to a degree because I think a lot of the politics around that time and I guess the 80s um, were really also trying to get, you know, international solidarity to show the world right. how how brutal um, the apartheid um, system was. And so, you know, you find that even just on, on an image uh, in just dealing with images, a lot of the ima- images that you that you that we see uh, in documentary um, film and photography you know, you see a lot of like the Shadow Massacre. Um, you see a lot of um, the images from 1976. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of like bodies, um, you know, laying dead bodies strewn on, 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 on the streets. 
um, and, and that kind of thing. And, and I was starting to hear a lot of people talking about apartheid fatigue. And, you know, this was kind of baffling for me because it's mm. only, it's only been 20-odd um, years and people are already tired of talking apartheid when we haven't even uh, begun to excavate. <laughs> by <a> slan, yeah. <laughs> To excavate a lot of stories. Yeah. So, so, and 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 I think my conclusion was that you know, I, I guess because we have always we're always seeing the same image of I guess the majority of what black life was under apartheid. You know, it's kind of like this. Um, it, we don't see a lot of us fighting back. You know, um, mm. e- even just you know the position that a lot of the photographers. Um, took and I guess for their own safety. Usually, you see a lot of images of the students, or you see images from the, from a distance, but you don't you don't see um, you know them fight the students fighting back um, a lot. And so, I really wanted to tell the story differently in in that in how I yes. position and, and frame mm-hmm. uh, the protesters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, one, but also showing how. Um, how much clarity they had, how much ideological clarity in, in, in having not, um, they didn't have a lot of time to put this together. But, um, you know, they used the Afrikaans language decree as, 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 a, as, a, as a departure point for their struggle. But what they were really fighting was a liberation struggle. It was, it was, it, it was more than just a classroom issue. The classroom um, issue was an access point into the broader struggle. Is that, yes, is that right. fair? Yes, definitely. So, you know, in this time of global protests and the awareness of Black Lives Matter, and just how does, uh, where does all the, where does this fit in? And does it make, what contribution do you envisage that it makes uh, in in the uh, present climate? Um, You know, I I feel like I'm always confronted um, with the truth that the um, the work is never really done, mm, you know. Mm, mm. Um, and I mean, we saw this in 2015 with university students in South Africa with the Fees Must Fall mm-hmm. and the Rose Must Fall movement. You know, mm. um, we 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 never really sort of like hung our our, our protest gloves or, or boots, uh, for lack of a better expression. Um, or maybe we did, and as soon as we did, we realized that oh, actually, we have to we have to keep on. The fighting. struggle continues. <laughs> the struggle always continues, yeah. and I mean, at the bottom of it is really just a human rights struggle. Yeah. Um, you know, um, the people feeling um, oppressed, yeah. um, wanting to you know express their, their their plight, and and you know, South Africa has a very rich. Um, heritage when it comes to protest, is a protest culture. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, the world has a lot to learn from South Africa yeah. as far as that is concerned. Before I let you and, go, I, wa- I want to know why you, you decided to screen it for free because we're running out of time and, and that is such an important uh, a view. Why did you, why did you decide to, 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 to screen it for free in the coming weeks? No, we were definitely inspired by the, the, you know, the recent global events and as far as the, you know, the protests are going in response to, um, the killing of George Floyd in the, in the United States. Um, yeah, my, the, the producer of the film who, who's my wife and I had a conversation yeah. about, you know, about how relevant it is right now. Um, you know, that, you know, there's so much protest 
protesting going on in the world, but also people just need to be reminded of, of where we come from. Right. I want to remind then, our, uh, uh, if I may, I, I want to remind our listeners that Uprise, this is a documentary on the Soweto Uprising, is free to stream this week. It's a film by uh, Sifizio Kanyile, and it is a nuanced view of the Soweto Uprising uh, that very many of us experience. Well, okay, so those are uh, the older older Madotas, like uh, like myself, Madalas, like myself. Uh, but Sifizio, thanks for joining us, and I sincerely hope this contributes to our better understanding, uh, a broader, more broader understanding of the difficulties we faced uh, in, 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 uh, during that period. And I, th- and I want to thank you for, being, for joining us and good luck with this project.